0: Hi, welcome to Adventures in Awakening. I'm your host, Amber. Thank you so much for taking a listen to the podcast. I appreciate you being here. I just wanted to share some upcoming things that I have going on. Um, I have a Reiki uh, training attunement November 12th, Saturday at Yoga Bliss in Akron. If Reiki is something that you're interested in, um this is something super special to me. It's definitely step one of the healing journey. This is where you heal thyself. Um, I would love if you sign up. Um, I'm really, really excited to, to offer this at that studio. Um, I am excited to share this episode with you. I interviewed Jeffrey Fox. He is a local psychic, clairvoyant medium. And um, I interviewed him during Mercury Retrograde. So I'm just going to say, like... It was fun interviewing and bearing for retrograde uh there's definitely uh the podcast has been edited to the best of my ability, but um it was a fun one to do so definitely take a listen it's good, take a listen all the way till the end where he shares um visions that he's seen for our future the earth and what he you know thinks will happen he also shares some really fun stuff about Atlantis Lemuria encounters that he's had in past lives and just kind of his story which which is really amazing Um, and if you like the podcast please go ahead and share it with someone um, and help support the podcast and to keep it growing thank you guys so much for listening have a beautiful day namaste Welcome to Adventures in Awakening. I am your host, Amber. Today, I am on with Jeffrey, a psychic medium, a healer. Jeffrey, tell me a little bit uh, about your awakening story and how you tapped into your gifts, your power, kind of where, I know this is a very long ended question, how you landed exactly where you are today.
1: Well, it's, it's a long story, Amber, but I would just say that I have been a seeker all my life. Uh, when I was a little boy. Um, I was quite psychic, and I had memories um, of pre-incarnation memories of where I was before I was here. And when I was little, I would sometimes think in this adult, not all the time. Um, And I would be quite psychic, and it was confusing to me because I didn't understand why on my intuitive guess. And then there were other times where you try to fit into society and, you know, you have to kind of shut them down because you don't understand them and others don't understand them. So for me, it's it's been kind of a game of hide and seek um, over decades between the light and the dark. But the more that I studied or the more that I wanted to learn or understand about God or understand where we come from and how all this fits together, the more psychic I became. And I would say this could be true of anybody, uh, especially anybody in the creative arts, whether you're writing or painting, um, or people who are deeply focused let's say somebody has a truly, a true gift for mathematics, that may also be a psychic entry point for them, uh, that is to finally guide it. Um, So it, a lot of, a lot of things have happened in my life. Um, uh, It brought me to a point where I had to find a way to function in the world, and that was uh, becoming a registered nurse and taking care of the people, um, which is a form of healing, which is maybe a form of light work. And then uh, more recently, as I became older, uh, it became clear to me that I had had many um, uh, mediumship encounters with people, and I always kind of denied them, or I would push them to the back of my mind. But as I became older, they became more frequent, and they also became more clear and more real. Does that help?
0: Yes. Now, do you set boundaries? Do you have, you know, um, like a boundaries for people to contact you or to come through to you? Or do you pretty much allow for any visitation?
1: Um, I don't allow for any Um even though I've been doing this for a while, Amber, I don't allow for any. Um, there's always, I would say there's always a chance for error. There's always a chance for picking up something that is not really true or real. And, you know, I I always say prayers. Um, everybody has a different way of doing it. I always say prayers for uh the protection of Jesus or Jesus Christ before I do any of the mediumship readings. I don't do that many, um, I, um, I feel that they are a sacred duty, Amber, um, because if people are grieving or people are lost, sometimes they can be of great help in, I don't want to say in finalizing or closure. But sometimes uh, a wife, a husband, a daughter, a son wants reassurance that that loved one is okay. Mm -hmm. And um, that sometimes can be tremendously healing. Um, I don't want to, I always tell people, you know, I can't, I will do my best. I can't dial direct. I cannot promise, you know. And it's like, if I don't get anything at all, you know, fine. We'll just call it a day, and I won't. You know, I won't even charge you, because it's that is something uh, that is something that is so personal. Um, I tell people I'm, I'm not going to make something up if something is not there. Um, so I do set those boundaries. I I have to have. I want to have a special comfort level with the client if I can get that. Um, I had uh, two situations, this has been some months ago, where uh, people came to me with suicides. Um, And I had a mother and father uh, who came, and they were just a little bit older than I was. And, you know, they were absolutely heartbroken. And uh, the message that I got from their son, I did not disclose the reason I did that was that was a very personal issue. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that would absolutely contribute to their distress. So I told them that, and I told that I did, I did offer them reassurance that he, you know, their son was fine, live on the other side. is not being punished, you know by god or the divine and is in the growth process right now is you know being healed and regenerated and the lessons that weren't learned on earth they're going to get picked up over Mm there and it's not as people say, that oh that is such a cosmic crime you'll never be forgiven that isn't true Sometimes souls will bite off a little bit more than they can chew, and it, and it gets too much for them. But I I kind of set those type of boundaries, in, if that makes sense. I, I try to be as honest as I can and as clear as I can. So if I get it, I get it, and if I don't, I don't.
0: I understand that completely i always kind of put a little protection prayer for the you know connect me with the divine for the highest purpose
1: Right. stay in or, love you know, yeah right for the highest good of all you know for all concerned
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and you know a lot of the time it you know and i never ever in my life ever wanted to do that you know i thought i'm never talking to the dead it's like i can barely talk to the living on right. the planet uh, or find anybody on the planet that i, that I really want to chat with let alone you know uh people who have people who have passed on uh, but i've seen other psychics who are extremely skilled in that and can really offer a service and a comfort sometimes and that's the most important thing to realize that you know that that life that you're talking about is eternal and that you know they're going back into a state of perfection or they're going back into an elevated state and they're going back into a state of love they're going back into a state of acceptance not punishment you know and um that i think it, gives people that hope or that there will still
0: be a connection between them and their loved ones. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to go back to the first time you had a mediumship type encounter, which was when you were a teenager,
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: had a visitation from your deceased grandfather and an uncle.
1: Right. My grandfather, um, when I knew my grandfather, he was completely different than he was as a young man, and um, he'd had a bad accident, and it altered his personality. So he was extremely laid back and easygoing, and he hadn't been mean in his life, but he was very—he had been very strict and demanding. But anyway, um, I had a dream as a teenager, but. Sometimes you have dreams and they seem absolutely real. And when you're in the midst of the dream, you keep saying, this really isn't a dream. This is really real. Yes. And I had like, it was almost like a TV set, like a full color picture of my grandfather. And he was dressed, you know, he was dressed nicely in a brown suit and he was still elderly, but he was much younger than when I knew him. And my uncle Steve was with him. Steve had, was like 24, and he passed away uh, in World War II. He was in the Merchant Marine, and a ship went down um, off the coast of Ireland. And I had never even met him. But they were extremely close, and they were together in, in this dream and had their arms around one another's shoulders like the best of buddies. And they were smiling, and I kept looking, and I saw my grandfather waving at me trying to get my attention, and he kept saying, hello, hello, and, you know, when they had my attention, they said, hi, tell everybody, you know, tell everybody hello for us, and tell them we're fine, and we'll see you soon. And they were very happy, and it was gone but it stayed with me it seemed i knew nothing about mediumship or visitation in dreams but it really um it kind of it really puzzled me because it seemed so real um now my grandmother was from the old country and my aunts and they loved it you know because they thought it was a sign and some of my aunts were jealous saying why did he come to you and not to me on you know i'm this daughter um and my mother it she didn't like that those things that scared her it made her nervous and upset and she'd be like do to talk about that again that's nonsense you know but that was the first time it was so clear and easy and i think a lot of people have visitations from their loved ones in their dreams Um, I think that the loved ones on the other side sense, uh, when it's safe or when somebody is receptive to getting a message that won't
2: upset them or jar them. And that's, and I think they just pick their
0: opportunities sometimes that way. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think people are more open when they're sleeping, right? You, the ego has fallen away. So it's a clear,
1: you're in a, you're in a more receptive state to that communication because there's less, there's less interference from, you know, busyness in your head and everything else as well.
0: One of the questions I I did want to ask you, I know you've shared your story with me a little bit, but growing up, having a rough childhood, you know, feeling like you don't fit in with your family, rough relationship with your mother kind of feeling Mm -hmm. like you're an outsider. I very much relate to that. Um, and do you think that I know for me, that is what has made me stronger so that I can accept fully who I am and step into my gifts and my power, like as hard as it was, um, you know, you have to find the the gratitude for the lessons and the learning and the strength. Do you feel that that is the same for you as hard as it was? And as much as you were challenged as a child and a teenager, and you can share your story as well, um,
1: that it helped you. Absolutely Amber. And I am happy and peaceful and joyful. And I never thought that would happen in my life. So I give absolute thanks for my journey and I wouldn't trade a bit of it. I didn't understand it, but there is a common thread there. um, I think that we share Amber and I I believe that we share it with many other um, men and women who are psychic. A lot of us have that commonality with the family um, where sometimes the lines of communication are extremely difficult. Or they're extremely difficult for the child to understand the dynamics, and the child literally—it
2: literally forces your psychic abilities into action because there's no other way to figure your mother, or your father out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that happens sometimes because
1: a lot of uh, the most sensitive psychics have had—they've come from a place. Not all, but a lot of them have come from a. A place of a lot of discomfort or not being able to speak clearly or express themselves sometimes as children and um, so I I think that there's a common a common thread there Um, and I don't want to say it's all that way but a lot of people also who suffer different traumas can be quite psychic as well but um, I do find that, I do find that commonality. And if, if you keep going in your life, sometimes the reasons behind it unfold. And sometimes when you realize that you, even though it was very hard and very uncomfortable, um, that you were not receiving a punishment from God, um, it was part of the divine plan and all of that pain or unhappiness sometimes was for a divine purpose to push you in a different direction of seeking, of seeking. And um, that sounds very patent, very easy. It isn't, but that that often really, truly is the case that there is a hidden gift there and that you can get past that.
0: Yes, I agree. Sometimes, you know, it's like the dark night of the soul. It take and it keeps happening even when you come out of it. There's another one.
1: <laughs> well, it does, and sometimes we fall in and out of it um, at different times in our lives. Um, you've, and you, we all have our own ways of coping. And you know, I. Have a, I'm very stubborn and I have a very strong will and I always thought that I could will myself out of some of my difficulties and I would make heroic attempts to not be depressed or eat well or, or exercise and it's just, and that was all great, but I just didn't, you know, I just didn't understand that there was more there that I needed um I needed help from spirit in in ways to help heal that and release that. And I believe that anyone, no matter what your belief system is, no matter who you are, I believe if you send out a sincere call to God or spirit from your heart asking for help, and you are sincere in that, I do believe that those calls for help will be answered, that those prayers will be answered. Um... But you've got to hang in there because for some of us it happens in increments it doesn't happen at once for some people you know it happens miraculously and I always as a kid used to fantasize I'd be like Saul on the road of Damascus and I could just say hey just do me you know just hit me with the light let's just get the silver with so I can get on to the next thing
0: What um, was the dream of the woman's face that saved your life when you were in uh, one of your lower places?
1: Well, actually, that that was absolutely true. I um, was in college, and I had suffered a lot of trauma and a lot of physical trauma. Um, uh, I'd had a lot of trauma at home, and I didn't know how to ask anybody for help, and I tried to keep it all to myself, and I had been raised to think that it was all my fault, and I was in a terrible state of confusion, and one night, just like the dream of my grandfather, I had a dream, only this time it was like watching a silent film, color film, and it was just like a camera came in on a close-up of this woman's face. And she was was middle aged and had brown eyes and dark hair that she wore piled up on her head. And she I just looked at her really close in a close up. And then right after that, I saw uh, the words, the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And within a year, I had a lot of complex things happen. I wound up as a student there. And that woman in the dream was an instructor there, and she uh, she was truly an enlightened being. And people, most people, did not know that or suspect that she'd had an experience. that she was a brilliant, brilliant artist. She'd had an experience with her artwork where it just the enlightenment came and hit her like a light and literally transformed her and she was like looney tunes for a couple weeks she was talking like ancient hebrew in her sleep and she was disoriented during the day she could see through solid objects like trees and later it settled down and she had a gift to help people to help people and i was led to her I was led to her for that reason, and uh, that started me believing in something, Amber, because I, as, as a young man, I started to lose my faith because um, there were so many unexplained things in my life, and I couldn't, I wasn't getting any comfort out of religion. I thought, I think God has abandoned me, you know, and I'm doing all this wrong that that was very, very powerful. And she never lectured and she never told you. She never told you things. She made you figure them out. But she had absolute telepathy. She could talk to me with mental telepathy that has never occurred in my life before. Or since And she could answer questions. She could tell me things. Um, And She and through her, I started to understand this divine purpose in things. And I thought, oh, my God, Michelangelo and da Vinci and um, all of these different people, mathematical genius, that common denominator is the divine. That common denominator is God. You can say what you want. And I thought there is a divine pattern of bringing these people during periods of life, like the Renaissance, uh, bringing different teachers, different prophets. And I thought it isn't all nonsense. It's more than I, it's more than I understand. But there's something, something absolutely wonderful and beautiful about it. And through her, I wanted to
0: have that experience myself. And after your experience there, you went on to become a nurse. I did. You basically, you saw the AIDS epidemic coming. I did. And that was, that was an accident.
1: Um, I was working, my first job uh, was with terminally ill people at the Cleveland Clinic. They had a large unit. At that time, it was on 4 West. It was hematology, which are cancers of the blood, leukemias, and other issues and cancers. So people came from all over because they thought, well, this is the miracle hospital. So a lot of our patients were very, very sick, no matter what their age. And they were getting heavy doses of chemotherapy, radiation, uh, the state of the art treatment at the time, but those treatments were extremely harsh and you know I had to bite my tongue because I was just a young kid and it wasn't for me to say whether they were right or wrong but uh, the suffering that people went through was incredible and one night I was I worked nights and about 3 a.m. there was a lull on our floor and I was in the middle of the hallway and patients checking on the patients And I kept thinking a lot of our patients were immunosuppressed because their chemotherapy and radiation knocked their immune systems down to nothing. So they had terrible infections, terrible pneumonias, skin infections, lung infections, terrible, terrible suffering from that. And I was was thinking, people are so afraid of the word cancer. They're terrified. And I thought, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's the immunosuppression that is horrible. And just when I thought that, I had a vision of this illness coming that would kill gay men and they would be immunosuppressed. And it it wasn't something I thought up. It was just very, very powerful. And it really shook me because I knew it was real, but I couldn't explain it. And I couldn't figure it out because I thought, they're not getting chemotherapy. Why would they be immunosuppressed? And I didn't realize at the time that it would come through the form of a virus that was transmitted. But that that was really true. And I never, it really shook me. It just
0: came out of the blue. And it did come about. And, And being a gay man at that time that had to something that shook you to your core that resonated as such a deep truth had to affect you in a way that you just, you obviously can't forget that feeling.
1: Exactly.
0: Going on from there, you started to then get it more into spirituality, right? You kept having those aha moments that led you to dig a little deeper, to look a little further, to start. I, yeah.
2: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: Um. What, and then what was it that made you finally like realize and say, "Okay, universe, I'm gonna accept this. I'm gonna do this. This is my gift."
1: It took it took a long time, Amber. I wish I had been I wish I had been bright enough to do that earlier. Um, I thought I was on the pathway. I years ago I used to get files from the ARE, the Edgar Casey Foundation. That was long before the internet. They used to mail you like Xerox library papers of his and about past lives. And then when the new age came, I was reading everything, running to seminars, doing all of that. But this is the thing. It's like, I was like cafeteria Catholic. I'm not Catholic, but let's just say people are cafeteria Catholics. They kind of pick and choose what they wish to believe mm-hmm. and and do as they please. And I was the same, Amber, because I was reading all these books on love and spirituality, but I couldn't let go. I could not let go of my anger and my rage about things that had happened to me. And I thought, well, that's okay. You know, if I just do it this much, that's okay. No, it's not okay. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. So when the AIDS epidemic came to Cleveland, um, my partner became ill and died, and we were together seven years. Uh, That experience was hard, but it was beautiful in its own way. But over 100,000 young men died in Cleveland in the 80s and you didn't hear anything about it and when that was over that shook me to my core i was so angry so angry um on so many levels that i decided i do not want to be psychic i don't want to be spiritual i'm sick of all of this i'm sick of it and i tried to throw all that out for a long time with disastrous results. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all I could say. And I had to go the long way around uh, on my journey back to God because nothing else worked. It wasn't meant for me to do certain other things. It truly wasn't. And it wasn't in my nature. Um, so I created some, some difficulty there until I'd run out of options and there was nowhere else for me to turn but God, but to that direction and to continue seeking all over again. So that's kind of what brought me back. Um, the psychic abilities were just kind of like a little frosting on the cake. That wasn't really the reason, you know, that just kind of came about, um, as a natural offshoot, if that makes any sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. OK, I'm going to. OK, so let's talk about those past lives. You remember being in Atlantis, being in Egypt. I love to hear all about
2: that.
1: Um, sure, uh, when I, I had uh, many past life regressions, so some of them were very brief. Uh, and flashes, and then some of them were more detailed. Um, one of the most clear, um, I saw myself as a young woman uh, who was a servant, and I was somewhere in the Middle East. I didn't know where, but I was out sweeping a courtyard in the morning, and all of a sudden, I felt a rush of energy that just flowed over me, and. During this regression, I could see and feel as the young woman I was at that time. So it was like viewing the world through her eyes and feeling it through her emotions. And I had an overpowering feeling that just came right through me from my feet all the way up to my head. my heart started pounding really, really hard. And I kept hearing this unspoken it's him it's him and i didn't even know who him was but on some level i did and i started running um up 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 the beach uh about the length of a football field and i could not stop it was like i was pulled by a huge magnet and as i got closer i saw a group of men Uh, that were just walking along chatting and i could hear just light laughter and see smiles on their faces and in the middle of the group i looked through and i saw jesus christ and he was smiling and laughing with them but his aura was so strong it was an aura of intelligence and love that preceded him i don't know how many yards before him and i followed this group of men and uh later they had dinner under some type of tented arrangements and they were just relaxing and talking it was all very light light and pleasant and i just stood in the dark on the side and i was absolutely transfixed um listening to jesus speak and i I lost all, um, I don't want to say I was disoriented, but I completely forgot who I was or where I was. And I just had this feeling that I never wanted to be away from this person. And I wanted to follow him wherever he went. And at that time, I forgot I had two children, uh, ages three and five, Um, and later. Uh, I came back to reality and realized that I would have to go back to my life. And I would have to go back to my family. And I did. But I never forgot that encounter uh, to this day. It was so strong and so powerful.
0: Was the feeling that you got like that of the most divine love?
1: It was. And it was it's hard to describe Amber. It was a love that also had like an intelligence to it, a consciousness to it. So there was happiness and joy and love, but there was like this surge, there was this surge of um, intelligence that went along with it, that kind of cleared everything up in your mind. And it just instantly, things just instantly made sense by just by osmosis of this energy that was emanating from him.
0: Mm, I love that. Was that around the time um, that he was here or was it like in a different time? Could you tell like the era?
1: No, that I think that was the time, you know, I think that was the time that he was here. I believe that he's been here many times, but I believe that that was the time that he was here and teaching and,
2: uh, of his different adventures in the New
0: Testament. Yes, oh, I love that. I love that. I know that those experiences um, are life changing. And you also mentioned that you remember past lives in Atlantis and Egypt. Yes,
2: absolutely. Do
0: um, um, do any of them? Sorry to interrupt. Do any of them stick with you more than others, or more significant, like that? You know, you really resonate and feel in this life.
1: Well, I. Th- A couple of the, a couple of the Atlanteans do, and um, in saying that, I wasn't some, I wasn't some big deal in Atlantis, so I, you know, I get crazy when people say, I was a king, I was this, I was that, Uh, you know, I was just another person, you know, I was just another person, however, I did have several relationships. Uh, in Atlantis to carry over to this lifetime. Uh, My life partner who I met, we had several male-to-male relationships in Atlantis, and some of them did not work out, and we were separated uh, by convention. And the thing that amazed me was that love continues on. I mean, through our Illusion of time,
2: mm-hmm. and we met up at different times uh, throughout the centuries. And I think that that happens frequently to husbands and
1: wives, maybe to male to male. existed at one time and a lot of them had uh, problems and uh, this surgeon was dedicated to helping some of them uh, by surgically removing some of their animal appendages and when I was a student we went into this surgical chamber and it was all stone and ceiling floor uh, walls there were no wires Somehow the electricity was literally beamed right out of the atmosphere. Um, I can't describe how that was, but I saw this male uh, who was the patient lie down on what was the operating table, and he had a tail. He had like an animal tail, and the surgeon had a small instrument, maybe the size of a cigar, which he held up in the air, and when he did that. A red beam of light came out of the air and through the instrument and he directed it uh, to this tail and was surgically removing it. So I thought it was some type of laser.
0: amazing i i've heard that when atlantis went under a lot of the people from atlantis moved on up to egypt many of them did many of them
1: it, there was some warning before that because it happened in stages before the last big thing some of them did escape to egypt and at that time egypt was a colony of atlantis some of them actually to the American Midwest uh, in Nevada and New Mexico. Some of them came that way. Some of them also went to South America um, or Central America, rather, where the Mayans were. So many of them did. Uh, Many of them did uh, escape or they decided to migrate before, uh, before the last inundation, before the continent was completely destroyed and inundated um, around that time um, one of the other regressions that I had that was really strong was that I saw myself in Atlantis as a woman and at that time uh, in history uh, you hear those stories about Methuselah and others who were beings who lived 800, 900 years and centuries ago people that pulls you all together and um, that's really rather incredible that happens quite a lot um, in families and people that are close it also happens sometimes in people um, sometimes people can be extremely difficult
0: I think we've all probably said that at some point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, it is. I feel very, I, that is very true. And then once you get over the hurt and the pain, that's when you have gratitude for the lesson and the experience and going through
2: it.
1: It is. And that's the amazing thing. It's it's, uh, sometimes when you have that blessing of things being resolved, um, where there is, of forgiveness and self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others uh, sometimes when that is achieved and it's like you may be in, in pain psychologically or emotionally maybe even physically in driving us on uh, to keep seeking uh, greater truths about ourselves and where we fit into
0: all of this. That is so true. So true. I appreciate you sharing those, you know, all your experiences with your past life and your remembering. I would love to hear what you think the future holds for us or, you know, I feel like this is kind of a crazy time in the world. The last two years have been. Um, it is
1: it is and I'm, I'm glad to share that I don't I don't see all doom and gloom Amber um, however I do see I do think that we are in still for some tumultuous times I think we're in for some hair raising events coming up um, it's like a big soap opera right now of light and dark uh, kind of cosmically struggling for control on this planet on the on the positive side so many people are awakening and so many people are looking for their greater truth for themselves a greater understanding of spirit and uh, their connection to life and their importance to life every soul is important in life and contributes. And And, um, we're in support in America. You know, we're struggling to keep our democracy going. And fortunately, uh, there are young people who have incarnated on this planet who are interested in going back to the roots of our democracy and not uh, not deciding to take big payoffs from corporations and silent partners who have been running the country Mm -hmm. rather than the elected officials. So I do see a rebirth in America and other uh, other countries around the world. It's going to be a bit tumultuous as uh, kingdoms fall and rise again uh, for all of us, for all of us. But I do believe that we will all get through it. I do believe that um, that this is still a miraculous time for individuals to be able to um, rise above their issues, whether they're psychological, emotional, physical. This is a great potential time of healing and a great potential time of um, being able to access our connection to the divine and to allow that you know to come through it um i've seen some funny things about great britain and the united kingdom so i'm not really sure on the timeline i saw the the uk just buried in snow from one end to the other um like a mini ice agent i have no idea when that might come about Our times now. I also saw the continents of Africa with a lot of the tectonic plates shifting, and uh, South America the same. So, you know, I, you know, I can't predict. We're being forced in some ways, Amber, to get back to the basics of being kind to one another again, and being loving to one another again, and relying on other people again, and in a a basic sense, where they're not electronic signals um, on our computer or on the internet. They're real real people and real souls like ourselves. Um, So, I mean, all of our technology is wonderful getting a little bit imbalanced with some of it right now but i do see i do feel that we're going to have a new renaissance on this planet amber just as we you know we study about the italian renaissance but there was you know there have been periods where the light and divine energy have just permeated this planet and there's been a burst in creative art, and mathematics, in science, in all kinds of things, and that is accessible uh, to human beings and always has been accessible to them. But I feel in that sense that all of us who are interested and willing can be lifted to that higher octave within ourselves mm-hmm. and, um, you know, achieve greater happiness and greater fulfillment and um get back to the basics of being joyful being happy and joyful no matter what your circumstances are um if that may if that makes any sense but i do believe that that is coming and i do believe that you will find that if that's what you're seeking no matter who you are or no matter what approach you take you keep seeking there's no right way exactly or wrong way but you've got to be honest we've all got to be honest with ourselves and do the very best we can
0: absolutely we were all incarnated in this time for a reason we chose to be here right to to go through this
1: and nobody is unimportant in that Mm -hmm. nobody and i mean nobody's nobody's life nobody's all of our little scenarios are all different, you know, here on Earth School. You know, some of us are you look at some people and you think, Well, they've got such an easy life, nothing happens and it's like they're in preschool or kindergarten. And then you look at yourself and you think, Oh my God, I would have never chosen the <laughs> This is really hard. You know, I should have read the fine print before I agreed to that <laughs> right, right. word. You know,
0: why did but, I agree to learn it all this life?
1: Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I when I was younger, I used to get really mad. You know, I deny there was God, I scream at the ceiling like he was there you know how mm-hmm. stupid but funny if i have to see it all in my life review but i used to scream <laughs> hey you know there are other ways to learn you know i could learn through joy you know i could learn through prosperity i could learn through ease but no you know you have to do it this way yeah. or, or something would happen and it certainly would be my fault and i would blame god and i'd yell at the ceiling and say ha you think that's taught me a lesson well you missed me <laughs> you know me so there
0: that's great I th- yeah i think anyone i mean we all have you know are on our own journey and we learn and grow in different ways i do hope moving forward as the world changes we learn from prosperity and joy and not so much fear and i think that the as the vibration changes hopefully the way we learn our lessons do i hope yeah i hope so too and um you know it
1: People are finding their way. People, are, we're all finding our way. And, um, you know, we can be a support to one another. I don't, I, you know, I don't mean to preach or tell people, you know, my, my uh, way is the only way. It is not. There used to be a TV show in California many years ago, and it was called There Is a Way. And I love that title. Because there is always a way. There is always a way for
0: everybody, uh, for every individual. There is always a way if you are a seeker. And it's to stay in that place of love when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, and not be in fear because we were here to bring the light when things do get a little tough.
1: And it's, you know, and it's okay to be a human being. You know, it's okay, we came here to learn and to make mistakes. You know, you none of us can be perfect all the time. But the main thing is, you know, we keep moving. We keep moving. We take some steps forward and sometimes we take some steps back. It's not the end of the world. You know, you don't have to be a perfect person or say, oh, no, I can't say that because it's not a spiritual and you know, but
0: you can be well, love and light and a little screw off, too. I feel like like that's the balance mean, of the light and dark. Well, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Um,
1: we're we're a conglomeration of, of all of that, of all of that, too. And. Um, it's, it's rather fascinating, you know, it's rather fascinating right now. Um, how interesting, how interesting an individual's life can be, you know? Um, and I don't care. It doesn't matter whether you're selling bananas at a fruit stand, it
2: doesn't matter. You know, if you're a PhD at Harvard, that's all wonderful. But one is not necessarily better
1: than the other. It's what are you, how are you feeling in your life? Are you joyful? Are you happy? Are you uh, working with all these fabulous creative energies? Are, you know, that way, you know, if you're miserable, then there, you know, it's, it's just like that light on your dashboard that scares you when it, you know, the engine light comes on and you're like, uh-oh, you know, what's that, what's that red light there? What's that yellow light? Uh-oh. But it, that's one of those things. We get those warnings, or those uh-oh, something's missing here. And it doesn't matter that I made 150000 last year. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not, why am I not happy? You know, if I got this and got that, and there's nothing wrong in having those things, you know, at all, ever, just as long as they're not the be-all and end-all of your existence. Right. Everything here is kind of borrowed. We have it temporarily, (laughs) you know, it's like from the divine renaissance. You know, you have your house and your toys and your family and, you know, and this and that. You know, but later, sooner or later, we'll be traveling on. So.
0: Absolutely. Do you think in regards to what's going on in the United States, um, you know, I've always, one, wanted to like get back to where we garden and we care about the earth a little bit more. Do you think that we're going to have less technology or will it just balance out in other ways?
1: I think it will balance out. I, I think that it's very, I think that it can go, I think that it can go several ways, Amber. I think that, I think, you know, people will, I'm not, I'm joking, I'm serious, even though I'm joking, but well, people will be going, oh, uh, uh, we have to save the earth. And that's like, of course, that's wonderful and that's true. Um, Right now we're kind of, kind of outnumbered Mm -hmm. uh, by big corporations. And I always say to them, "Um, yeah, that's good. I said, don't worry about the Earth. Yeah, the Earth is going to go on. Right. The Earth, the Earth will survive and it, it has its own mechanisms. Worry about you whether you're able to stay on it or not mm-hmm. um, if these things happen. I think that, you know, I think that there, one scenario is that uh, there could be kind of a breakdown, I think, or stoppage of technology due to Earth events. That may happen. Gotcha. Temporarily. Okay. That may happen. Um, the other thing is that certain things may happen and and we will evolve in increments. Um but you know, it we also have intervention um besides divine intervention, and I don't want to get too much into this because I can never shut up, but um you know, I know that some of our extraterrestrial friends are helping. Yes, watching over the
0: planet. Absolutely. And are have always uh, been
1: here to assist. And um, I I kind of feel that they're kind of watching over to see how they might intervene if we if we need that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the Red Cross would intervene in hurricanes and natural disaster, Um, I have that I have that feeling as well. So I I really uh, I really can't predict that. But it's um, all I can say right now is it's uh, big cities, just uh, big cities make me uncomfortable right now um, in America and other places because they seem to be falling apart.
2: internally in a lot of ways, like New York and Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. um,
1: um, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not predicting doom and gloom for them. Edgar Cayce saw them being destroyed. Um, But, you know, timelines change and things change Absolutely.
0: Even us having this conversation could change, you know, uh, something. Yeah.
1: So I'm not wishing that on any of these places or certainly not any of these people, but I, you know, I don't know, you know, we've got some maniacs on the planet who, you know, there could be a limited, I mean, there could be limited missile firings on New York or Los Angeles. I'm not saying that there will be, and I hope that there will not be. Um, uh, but uh, there are, you know, there are some people that are really pushing an agenda for a whole world government and that may, that may come about. I don't, I don't really know. Right. Um, I, nobody really knows right now. So it, it's one of those things, Amber, but I just want to mention something really quickly. With all this doom and gloom, people are so powerful. One of the things that i loved about the edgar casey readings during world war ii um, you know germany had planned different invasions of the united states and they were also focusing on new york and also the japanese with the west coast and edgar casey said the power of prayer was so strong in america people were frightened and you know they had their sons and loved ones overseas. You know, but during World War II, the churches were packed in America, and the power of prayer was so strong that it literally stopped the German invasion. Things did not work out, and that didn't occur. It could have, but their power of prayer was so strong against it that it did not. And... that's the other thing people are not helpless when we're saying, Oh, we could have, this could happen and that could happen. And it's like uh, throw a prayer out there, right? you know, if you're in concern, you could send love to that spot, send prayer to that spot, um, send healing to that spot, uh, from your heart or see it, see it calm or see the people, um, well, well-fed
0: or well-clothed or saved or protected rather than destroyed or miserable. And I, yes, I absolutely. And I think in times of darkness, when things are getting shooken up or, you know, things are being destroyed or systems are crumbling, when people come together and, you know, hold space for love and light and use those intentions, it completely changes the vibration. And that's what we're all going through
1: right now. It does. And, and it is, you know, it it literally bonds us, and it uplifts us a great deal, uh, you know, individually and collectively. And uh, right now, a lot of people are light workers, and um, you know, they've come to this planet by choice, uh, not for the first time, but again, and. Uh, any individual will think, well, who am I? Who am I? What can I do? What does it matter if I sit in a lotus position in my uh, family room or my dad or my living room or wherever? What good is that? Well, this is the thing. An individual can change the world through their own consciousness. Mm-hmm. If they... Raise their own consciousness. That uplifts other people. It uplifts the collective consciousness as well. It's not. It, it so it's like you're not doing all this for nothing. If you're able to do that within, it, it's making this contribution on the planet. It's changing that energy, and it's also making it easier for somebody else a similar path in self-discovery.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I mean, because when you heal yourself, you heal one, you heal the whole.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because you're always connected to that. Mm-hmm. Even though we go through this illusion where you're only Amber and I'm only Jeffrey, that's true to an extent, but we're also connected to one another on that level and that saying is just not like a bumper sticker of like we're all one we truly are we are it's a little bit difficult for me to wrap my head around that sometimes um and i think for most people but we are
0: we are absolutely i know we're getting short on time here and so um i know we need to wrap up before it cuts us off but i um want to ask one more question about the economy do you think we should go back to like silver and gold do you have any idea uh, about that, or do you think
1: I? I don't really. I really, I really can't. Um,
0: because you never know what's going to happen. The timeline could change.
1: Yeah, I don't know, Amber. I honestly have to say I don't know. That might be wise for some people. I'm not. I've money is still one of the lessons that I'm learning in this lifetime. Um, so asking me about that is. Is probably not, not a good idea <laughs> to help well, others. I mean, I can give them tips on prosperity and things that will help them, but I'm not, I can't say um, I believe that we'll get through it, Amber. Yes. I'll get through it. Yes. I, I just don't know, that. I don't know the best way right now to represent
0: Well, I thank you for that honest feedback. I appreciate it. Do you have any final message um, for the collective right now before we wrap up?
1: All I can say is whoever you are, love yourself. Learn to love yourself. And never give up on that. Learn to forgive yourself. Learn to love yourself. Love other people. Love the world. Enjoy your life and go get them.
0: That's beautiful. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Can you let the audience know where to find you for readings, for additional information? Oh, sure. Uh, I have a website. It's called Psychic
1: Jeffrey. And my last name, I mean, my first name is G-E-O-S-F-R-E-Y. It's spelled the English way. So it's psychicjeffrey.com. You can go to my website. You can email me from there. You can... Get my phone number and text me from there uh, for a type of regime um, if you're interested. Um, and if my hours are not uh, what you would like, if you can text me, possibly we could work something out on your schedule or mine. I read by phone, I read in person, I read over Zoom, whatever is your preference.
0: I love it. I'll also link your website and information in the show notes. So it's a simple click for the audience. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast and just share your voice and your story.
1: Oh, it's fun. It's been, it's been wonderful, Amber. So I hope that we can chat again, maybe on some other topics that we're both interested in.
0: I would absolutely love that.
1: Yes. Okay. Please stay in touch or send me an email every now and then or whatever, or call me.
0: I absolutely will. Have the most fabulous day.
1: Thanks, Amber. Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. And remember, everyone, when you awaken you, you remember you. Namaste.